This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, amidst the horrors we're witnessing in the world, in the Middle East, as well, of course, as in Ukraine, it has been an important weekend for the European Union. And uh, one development that's very important uh, is the election result in Poland, where there has been a victory for Donald Tusk and the far-right Polish party has been, although they got the most seats, put out of office by a coalition which will be led by Donald Tusk, a former president of the EU Council, a very uh, senior position, and he was uh, a very impressive, I thought, as a leader of that. And of course, it means that Poland is back on more reasonable territory with this coalition. It doesn't mean the problems have gone away at all, but then problems these days tend not to go away. The other massive significant event was EU President Ursula von der Leyen's praise for Israel and her offering her full support and calling Hamas's attack pure terrorism, which I don't think anyone would dispute the pure terrorism part. Uh, But she spoke uh, to Isaac Herzog, the Israeli president, to convey her full support. I reiterate, she said, that Israel has the right to self-defense. And she put that on Twitter, which is now known as X. Von der Leyen added that she condemned in the strongest possible terms the senseless attack perpetrated against Israel by Hamas. This violence is neither a political solution nor an act of bravery. It is pure terrorism. And we're joined now by Suzanne Lynch, who is a journalist with Politico, and she joins us from Brussels. She is also the host of a very good podcast about European Union affairs called EU Confidential. That's a podcast. Suzanne, let's go to Ursula von der Leyen first. I note that Charles Michel, who is the present EU Council President, was rather surprised. He said he wasn't made aware of what effectively appears to have been a solo run, and many members of the European Union, are disturbed by this unqualified support for Israel. How does it seem today, which is Tuesday, of course? Yeah, Eamon, it's been an extraordinary week, really, for the EU uh, since this obviously awful attack in Israel happened. And what we saw, to put it mildly, was was mixed messaging, um, contradictory communications about how the EU is responding. It started off last week with one of the commissioners, the Hungarian commissioner, uh, saying that all Palestinian aid would be cut. 
Then the EU was scrambling to say, oh, in fact, it wouldn't be cut. Um, and then we have this visit by von der Leyen and the European Parliament president, Roberto Metzola, to Israel on Friday. Now, the what the von der Leyen people are saying is that this was a very last minute, that seemingly they kind of were trying to set up a call with Netanyahu. And when they did speak to him on Thursday, it was made clear that she could come on a visit. And she decided to go. But it, you're right, she did not consult Charles Michel. And she did not consult another important figure here, who's Joseph Borrell. He's the EU's foreign policy chief. He's got the name, the high representative. Yes. Um, and he is an interesting figure here because he was a person who came out last week about the Palestinian aid, who was furious that this announcement had been made about the Palestinian aid being cut. And, yes. and he was kind of, so uh, from the very beginning, he's been coming out with a slightly different line than von der Leyen. He's been more talking about the need for Israel to adhere to international law uh, and talking about the needs of the Palestinians. And frankly, he's always been more uh, aware of the Palestinian perspective. Anyway. Um, Yes, that would reflect Ireland's view. And Micheál Martin, as our foreign minister, has expressed this view, as indeed have many others, that Israel's response whilst the attack by Hamas was, of course, terrorism and pure terrorism, if you like to call it that, the response from Israel must be proportionate and must stay within the law. Uh, there are war mm. crimes being committed and there is also human rights law and that that line should not be stepped across. What was she trying to do in your estimation, yeah. Suzanne? Uh, my reading of it is, I mean, I've, I've spoken to you about this in the podcast before and we've written about it for the last year or two. One of the criticisms that has always been leveled at Ursula von der Leyen is that she does not consult, that she depends on a small coterie of advisors. She's a, she's German, she's a former German defence minister, a lot of German advisors, yes. and she, she just goes ahead and does things. Now, that is sometimes a good thing because she gets things done. So, if, for example, in the run-up to the Russian full-scale Russian invasion of Ukraine, she was centrally involved in getting ready EU sanctions policy, which was very complex. She was good on the COVID vaccine. Eventually, when the EU got its act together, she was running the show there about trying joint procurement of vaccines. But here, what's happened is that we know that she did decide to go. She kind of called Metzola, the European Parliament president, and said they would go together, and she did not consult anyone. And that seems to have been her miscalculation here because uh, uh, the other point is uh, when she was appointed five years ago she's obviously be, be, uh, really emerged as a very strong commission president um but people said at the time that there was an issue that she was not a former prime minister previous commission presidents were former prime ministers and i personally think that this is now beginning to show that she just she in this case she didn't see the controversy she didn't have the judgment to see hang on this could be a, a, a very Decide, you know, divisive issue. Maybe I should consult. And I think maybe you're seeing that lack of experience politically uh, in how she approached this. Now, there is a Council of Ministers meeting, isn't there, uh, in Brussels? I think it's today. It is, yeah. And that, Mm -hmm. the, the, Europe is, I suppose, I'm not sure you'll know and you'll tell us, I hope, Suzanne, how divided Europe is on the question of Israel and Palestine. But certainly, she has created a problem. She's lined up with the UK and more significantly perhaps with the US in offering what appears to be unconditional support. Mm. And we are all aware of the suffering and indeed the numbers. 1,400 Israelis were brutally murdered 
10 days ago, but 2,700 Palestinians have died. And Palestine may well be, uh, Gaza may well be subject to a ground invasion, which Joe Biden is flying to Israel uh, tomorrow to try and avert, I would imagine. In this deeply complex and fraught atmosphere, is there a way back for her from that? Or will she have to answer to the Council of Ministers again? And Charles Michel will be a key figure here because there must be some collegiality, let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've always been rivals, which is interesting. But but this shows when, you know, you have these disputes. Von der Leyen and Michelle don't have a good relationship. And, and look what's happened now. She ended up going and making this trip without even consulting him. Yes. But it kind of get without getting too technical about the EU, it's, it's a fascinating uh, issue because in a way, what, what, what it's saying is who represents the EU? And yes. if you look at the EU treaties and everything, the European member states through the council and the foreign ministers who are represented by Burrell actually have more power over foreign policy. Yes. This is why Burrell privately is furious. He's saying, you were out of your lane. The European Commission is not supposed to get involved in foreign policy. The European Commission does things like sanctions and competition law. and that It's not supposed to be a kind of a political body. That's yes. what the EU member states do. So that's why they're annoyed. And this meeting on Tuesday is an attempt to, you know, put the member states now back in the driving seat. So it sense that she's overstepped her mandate. Now, w- one of the interesting lines of defense from the commission, which I thought was a, an interesting point, they made the point to journalists saying, well, you know, none of you complained when she went to Kiev. And, and they said, just because you don't like the policy now, why, you know, yes. the principle of her going abroad, you never complained about before. So that yes. was quite a, quite an interesting point. But what's going to happen at this meeting, and it'll be fascinating to see if any leader will speak out. So Ireland is, is very strong on the Palestinian question. It's probably the strongest out of the 27 countries. Yes. So you have other countries who share those views. So Belgium, Spain, to an extent, the Spanish prime minister has been out a bit. Um, France, traditionally, would have yes. been more pro-Palestinian. However, you know, it's very complex. They have had a huge anti-Semitism problem in their country. Um so it's not as simple as that. So, no. But you do have some countries. But you, on the other side, you have very strong views on the other side. So it's no coincidence she's a German politician. Germany, the German government, yes. is very pro-Israel. The Austrian government, a lot of the, the Eastern European states, Hungary, the Czech Republic. You know, So there'll be just as strong feelings on the other side, I think. Um, so, But I think the fact that she did not say anything publicly about the plight of Palestinians and the need for a straight restraint everybody sees that as a problem yes even yeah. though publicly they're not going to say it but privately they are is the the german factor not just her own nationality but uh, as you have told us uh, that of some of her closest advisors is that do you think a determining factor or just a factor I think it is a, a, an important factor. Uh, yes. One, one line we were trying to pursue this week, you know, was she in contact with the government in Berlin? How much of... But I think what I've concluded from talking to people and advisor near her is that this is just her instinct was to go to Israel. She didn't see, she, she, she didn't even think this would be controversial, which again is getting back to that lack of judgment, that you're not representing yourself, you're representing the EU and you have to be aware of those. Um, and there's going to be a huge row, I would imagine, in the European Parliament is meeting in Strasbourg, and they're due to debate this on Wednesday. Yes. And Burrell, who I mentioned already, is going down there to, to speak. 
And, you know, what's his I nationality? Think, um, he's Spanish. Suzanne. He's right. Spanish. So, okay. and he comes from a socialist background. So, yes. politically, he's from a different background completely than von der Leyen. But he is, you know, privately, well, publicly as well, he, he's been saying, hang on, the foreign ministers actually put out a statement last Tuesday, which they did, which he organized in a virtual meeting. And von der Leyen didn't, didn't say those things when she spoke in Israel. So, he's saying that she's not in line with what the EU position is. So it'll be interesting. I can imagine that he'll be quite forceful on this. Um, he was always, as I say, it was an issue for him. He has never visited Israel as, as the high representative. He had been expected to go in December, but even then he said that he would only go if he was going to visit the Palestinian territories too. But obviously that didn't happen with von der Leyen. It will be very difficult for the EU president, von der Leyen, to walk this back. Or will it? I think so. Yeah, there's another factor. I wonder how much it plays in Brussels, and that's why it's so valuable and uh, for us and so important for our listeners to have your view of it and your insights into it. The US has offered unconditional support. Mm. The UK has offered unconditional support. The US has sent 2,000 troops now and two warships, and Biden himself is going there tomorrow and has talked about the 40 years he's known Bibi in very sentimental terms. So would she have been, do you think, she's she's kind of lining the EU up with this in a way that, that doesn't reflect the diversity of opinion in the European Union? I mean, that is it in a nutshell. And, and you're right in that there's a German influence, but there's also the Washington influence. And she yeah. has aligned herself very closely to Biden on a number of issues not least EU policy on China. So she was very much taking the US line and Charles Michel and others were like, were saying, well, hang on, we can't be just caught up with the US. We don't want to be dragged into a war about Taiwan just because that's what the US thinks. Yes. This, this all came up a few months ago. So yeah, is she, but uh, to be honest, Eamon, um, Blinken and Biden actually said, have said more publicly than Iris von der Leyen about the Palestinian people and their right to self-determination. Yes. They've even said that. Yes. And Biden will be meeting with people from, you know, other figures in, in the region. He's not just doing Israel, you know, and, and Blinken has been the same. So they've actually even been I think they're trying to impress upon the Israelis the need for reason and proportionality. Mm. I think Biden is going there. It's a personal view, but you might have a, a more educated view. Mm. I think Biden is going there to say, cool the Jets, lads, this can get out of hand and in a way that will do nobody any good. Yeah, I think so. And he is, as you said there, extremely, has always been a very close ally of Israel, but he's also an issue in Washington because within his own party, the Democrats, there has been a growing call for attention to Palestinian rights in the when I was in Washington. That was emerging as a big issue in the Democratic Party. So he's also got to manage his own party there in Washington. And he knows that if Israel doesn't show some restraint, that his own lawmakers on Congress in Congress are going to start getting annoyed about Israel's activities. So I think you're right. He's warning Israel, you know, that they're they're being you know not to go too far. I mean, in the media term, we've heard that, and 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 to be fair, the you know von der Leyen, some of their discussions were probably about the hostage situation. There are a number of European citizens yes. that are being held hostage. There are a number of European citizens in. Gaza. So a lot of this background, there seems to be a lot of back channels happening with Egypt in particular, but other players in the region about that. Now, we've been told that that's very much at national level. So 
Germany are doing their thing, you know, each country because it's such a sensitive issue and whether there's that much role for the EU there. But, you know, that could be an element here that, that that's been worked on very, very privately. Uh, and that's why they're trying to keep the communication up with Israel and, and the other sides too. Um, but look, it's undoubtedly the case that she, um, I don't think she saw it coming, and I think it's to do with political judgment. But I, as well, right. I do have to stress that Ireland has been the most critical. There haven't been, I know Michael D. Higgins came out very strongly, but as far as I'm aware, no one else has come out that publicly against her. You know, people are saying it privately here no. in Brussels, but, you know, we haven't heard the Spanish or the, the Belgian Prime Minister, or indeed our own Taoiseach or, or Taoiseach is saying that. So, um, you know, she might be able to keep a lid on this. Let's see, it's going to be a private meeting this evening. Uh, but maybe they'll be reporting out of that whether people raise their yes. concerns with her directly. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Let me ask you about the Polish election, Suzanne. The result is, I take it from many people's point of view, a good result. Donald Tusk, as I remember him, and even on the Irish question and on the Brexit stuff, a very reasoned Democrat and one would have thought, given what they were up against, uh, the Law and Justice Party, which is very right-wing, this is an important development in Europe, is it not? Or is it? Yeah, it, it really is, I think, Eamon. So it's been confirmed today that, yes, that the Law and Justice Party, the governing Conservative Party, um, did get the most votes, but nowhere near to form a government. So yes. the other three groups 
uh, led by Donald Tusk, are going to form a government. Ultimately, it's going to take some time. So, look, there was huge. I mean, there was everybody was watching this on Sunday night here when the first exit polls yes. came out around 9 p.m. Although everyone had been burnt a bit by a few weeks previously. I know we were talking about Fizzo uh, in Slovakia because yes. the, the exit polls have said that he was going to lose and then he won. But um, he Tusk now is going to be, is in place to form a government. So, it's it's hugely important because um the relationship between Brussels and Warsaw Warsaw have been very have been very tense under since about 2015 since the migration crisis of that time really and yes. um the uh, what the current outgoing government in Poland has done in terms of the independence of the judiciary uh, caused Brussels to withhold funds from Poland so the first thing that may happen is changes to to that whole judicial system by yes. now, that's not going to be easy. But that's what I think people are going to be looking for first. Um, Freedom and of the press the other, is also an issue there, isn't it? Yeah, a very big issue. But I, it's some people have been saying it just goes to show that actually, you know, even despite that, even despite the you know the pro-government rhetoric on the main channels, they still lost. And I suppose the power of social media there, maybe that you know more of the opposition party were on social media and, and were, were um, harnessing that outlet, maybe. Uh, things, but it, it and the other thing actually that is, is this turnout was huge, was was, was very very yeah, 73 percent, which is the largest since Poland's first election after the collapse of the Soviet Union. So it's important. He's interesting as well. You mentioned Tusk. And yes, you're he absolutely is. right. He was central in the um in the Brexit negotiations and. He has got a very interesting background involved with the solidarity movement and that whole transition to democracy in Poland. Yes. Um, but there's been various memes going around saying, it's quite funny saying, you know, the big guy will be back at the table and how Emmanuel Macron would be like this kind of nephew figure that he'd be saying, listen, I'm back. You can, <laughs> you can step aside, Emmanuel. Yeah. Um, but he's, you know, he's a big figure. He was a former prime minister and he ran that European Council, what Charles Michel is doing yes. now. Yes. So, it would be a kind of an interesting dynamic having, you know, a person who used to do that job now at the table. Yes, but it, it does, to to some degree, make Europe a little bit more coherent and uh, it would make Viktor Orban, for example, in Hungary, a little bit more isolated, shall we say, or at least feeling a little bit uncomfortable because the Justice and Law Party and what the Hungarians have done, they were on the same path, weren't they? Absolutely. And the size of Poland being such a big country means it obviously has more weight in everything in terms of voting rights and uh, so much more. So it, absolutely, Orban will be more isolated on this. Actually, it's interesting. This week, Orban is, I think, the only EU leader who has traveled to Beijing. The Chinese are celebrating a decade of their Belt and Road Initiative, which is their huge global well, investment yeah. program. And Putin is there as well. Putin, and just today, there's a picture now of, of Orban shaking hands and meeting Putin. So that, I mean, that is very interesting. I don't know if he's the first EU leader. He probably is to do that, to meet him in that way since the start of the war. So, you know, Orban has been defiant. He's he's going to, he's meeting Putin. He's off in China. Um, you know, he's not, he's not going to quieten down. But yet, you're absolutely right that they've lost their biggest partner yeah, now with Poland being gone. Yeah, I'd say Orban, she and Putin have plans for us, uh, Suzanne. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to be quite the, the trio. It would. Let me ask you about the impact Tusk's election may have on Ukraine. P Ukraine has now been 
wiped off the news agenda completely. But the uh, mm. Poles and you, and uh, Zelensky were were fighting. There were disputes. And now Tusk's attitude, of course, will be entirely different to the Law and Justice Party. And it's wonderful that young Poles are seeing or, or turning, if as it were, to a Democrat. Will this new Polish government change its attitude to Ukraine, or does that matter? Yes, I think I think it will. As you you rightly say, there there was a, a real tension between Poland and Ukraine in the last few months over the exporting of grain into yes. uh, the EU by Ukraine. But also there were some comments saying, you know, Ukraine should be grateful, etc. And um, and of course, Poland had been one of their their strongest supporters. But yes, I think Donald Tusk is going to completely restore that relationship now. Talk about support for uh, Ukraine. Um, and you're right. I mean, Ukraine now has a problem. Zelensky knows that. That uh, there are even reports that haven't been confirmed that at one point he was looking to maybe visit Israel. Zelensky with Blinken or something. Yes. I mean, I wouldn't rule out that happening at some point. Um, you know, the Ukrainians know that, and, and the, the worst problem for Ukraine is the fact that Republicans in Congress were already seriously wavering on giving further oh, yes. military help yes. to Ukraine. And now Israel has taken over the news agenda. So I, I think it's going to be difficult for them to keep that level of, of financial commitment from Washington. Yeah. And, and of course, uh, Zelensky is Jewish. Um, just a point about. Donald Tusk's coalition parties, one of them is the leftish Lewica party, David the Junior coalition party with 26 seats. That would tend to suggest that the Polish position on the conflict in the Middle East uh, might uh, shift more in favor of the Palestinian cause rather than accepting the views put forward by Ursula von der Leyen again. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. It'll be interesting to see. And, and also the speculation now about who will be the foreign minister. Will it be somebody from that party, as you say, or the other one, the third way, not Tusk, yeah. if he becomes prime minister? And if they were somebody from that party to become foreign minister, you're absolutely right. They would have huge sway over this. Although it's interesting, I'm not entirely sure, but the, the German government is a coalition. And their foreign minister, Annalena Baerbock, is, is green. And she visited Israel, you know, and now she did, I think, talk a bit more about Palestinians, but, but you know, the German government are still pretty united around their position on Israel, even when they do have more left-wing parties in their, in their government. Yes, but the polls in, the polls in Germany, as I'm sure you're aware, Susanna, showing the rise of the far right party there. Yeah. Who are the most popular of the, uh, even more popular than any of the three government parties. That is true. So it's, it's, yeah, yeah, no, it, it is true. Uh, so the East European, like Poland speaks at the largest kind of central East European country in the EU. It, it, what it says has weight for how that block kind of sees itself. It still sees itself in some areas as, as thinking together. They very yes. much did on Ukraine. So you're absolutely right that the nuances now within this new government and what they, it'll be like any uh, coalition negotiation with, a, you know, a program for government, as we say in Ireland, but people looking for different things uh, as a way of, of agreeing to govern together. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to watch the detail on this and how they deal with this foreign policy, huge foreign policy yes. question. That yes. obviously wasn't a question uh, 10 days ago, but now certainly is. Okay, Suzanne, uh, we're very grateful for joining us from Brussels. Suzanne Lynch, uh, many of our listeners will know, is the former Irish Times US correspondent. And if anyone wonders where she's gone, she's gone uh, to Politico in Brussels and she's gone to host a very good podcast, EU Confidential. I think she's in a place that is going to be put, become more important in uh, the lives of all of us. And indeed, the podcast is well worth a listen. We're grateful to Suzanne, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.